Hi, I'm Christy Hurt, the founder of The Collab. We are a collective of brand professionals sharing our career stories. Every week, we pair up two members and they interview each other, so you'll get to hear one episode this week and one next week. We're heading into our third year of The Collab, and you can join us too. Sign up at jointhecollab.com and then tell your story. Hi, Collab. I'm Jonathan Joseph, the CEO of Little Red Fashion, and I'm here today with Yashika Dutz. Hi, Yashika. Hi, Jonathan. How are you? I am doing so wonderfully. I am so excited to have this conversation today. For those of you who have not had the pleasure of meeting Yashika, she is a creative, award-winning author and journalist with a writing background and experience in some of the most exciting agencies and newsrooms across the world. She holds a degree from Columbia Journalism School and creates exceptional ideas that are informed by her South Asian heritage, empirical rigor, and a creative hunger for bringing out the best in each brief. Her commercial work has translated into several successful campaigns for clients like State Farm and Mass Mutual. Her writing has also been published in the New York Times, The Atlantic, and Foreign Policy Magazine, and she has given dozens of talks at the country's major universities, including Columbia, Berkeley, and Harvard. She lives in Brooklyn. Thank you for that, Jonathan. I mean, wow. <laughs> you are profound. I am so glad that the collab has brought us together. For those of you listening, Yashka and I crossed paths at a DEI cafe that I held. And if you missed it, I am sorry to have missed you, but I hope you're listening now. And at that, I met Yashika. And afterwards, we just started talking. There was a, a magnetism and an energy and a shh that I just loved. I'm just obsessed. I'm a big fan. Routine Yashika. It was an instant spark. Thank you for saying all those wonderful things about me. But I could say the same about you, Jonathan. Uh, you have an impressive resume, but that's not what we're here to do. Just gas each other up, even though that's the whole core of this conversation. What I really want to do is to get to know you better, to talk a little bit about how our career paths have aligned in such beautiful ways. And also you know, to learn from this conversation about how the collab especially creates the space to bring these two individuals, two strangers under one roof and magical things can happen. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. That's what makes the collab so magical. I guess I really want to, because it's so integral to your work, tell us about where you grew up and went to school and how that influenced the choices that you made, you know, moving forward as you readied yourself to enter the world in a professional capacity. Like, how did we get there? What was the start? Wow. Okay. So that's a really long story. As you know, anybody who is in the 30s can say that. It's not just me. We've all had to explore and come across many junctions of life. And all of us go through many changes. But for me, particularly, I grew up in small town India. And my relationship with fashion started when I was really young, in the sense that I come from an extremely marginalized community, which is a lower caste community that, you know, experience, experiences still a, a great deal of untouchability, great deal of caste discrimination, and also this idea that you shouldn't dress in a certain way because that's not the class and caste status that you're afforded in society. So my relationship with fashion was really conflicted from the beginning because it was imperative to me and my mother made sure that I did not invite any discrimination on myself because I needed to look like I was an upper caste person. 
So fashion was a tool that I'd armed myself with from a very young age in order to pass or in order to sort of appear to not look marginalized. You know, it's the concept of passing. A lot of communities in the U.S. are familiar with it as well. And especially in my case, clothes were an armor. Clothes were an armor because when you are on the margins, when you're discriminated, sometimes all you have is that skirt that you love or that scarf that you can't get enough of. And then you put it on and you feel like you're invincible. So I grew up in small town Rajasthan. I went to school there. Rajasthan is a state. Uh, if you've traveled to India, if all the, any of our listeners, they might be familiar. It's beautiful. It's a desert. It's extremely colorful. And our relationship with fashion and colors goes down extremely, like quite deep. Then I moved to New Delhi for college. And then I worked there as a journalist for about 10 years. I was covering fashion, beauty, lifestyle for major newspapers and publications of the country. I was covering fashion weeks. I The same thing, we have a really vibrant industry back in India as well, very similar to what we have in the US. And, you know, we were traveling from one city to the, to the next, attending fashion weeks, writing trend reports. And it was really the heyday of fashion journalism. If you remember, Jonathan, in 2008 and nine, when blogging had just come at this big disruptor in the industry. And that's when I was coming of age in journalism, too. So I was really inspired by the fashion journalists who were writing in the United States, whether, you know, if those of us who are old enough to remember might recall Cut, which is now this whole website on its own by New York Magazine, that had just started as a fashion blogging platform for the journalists in New York Magazine to write about fashion weeks. And I was closely following that, really always wondering, how incredible the scene is and how I could be a part of it. And eventually in 2014, I moved to the US for a graduate degree in journalism. That's where my career kind of took off in a different direction. I pivoted into creative consultancy and I also moved into political journalism because I, you know, for reasons that I'm sure Jonathan, you'd agree with me, fashion journalism tends to not really, especially fashion in general as an industry, tends to really not consider people who are outliers as a part of the industry itself. The industry is made for and created on a certain very strict and rigid and narrow model. And those of us who don't fit really are not given too much thought. Thankfully, that is changing now. But I grew up and I saw that in a very direct and personal way while, you know, being an outlier, but also covering it from the front lines. So I decided that I need to pivot to something else. But as luck would have it, all these years later, I find myself writing for more fashion brands because I do have that experience of being in the industry and then meeting people like you who are making this incredible effort to change the industry from within. So if this is the future of fashion, I'm here for it. <laughs> I am here for it too. Sign me up. Sign everyone I know up. We're going. It's party. But really... I think you and I share a very similar take, particularly on the fashion as armor origin story, as it were. I think the way that that informs our work moving forward is really interesting because I think it allows us to see how flexible definitions of what makes fashion really are and then allows us to view the issues in it in such an interesting way. Did you see your career path 
twisting and turning the way it has, or, or are you equally as surprised? How do you see your evolution of your career in terms of the way it's twisted and turned? That's a really interesting question, because if I had to chart my career, it would only look like a twist and turn map. It would not look straight. There would be junctions that one had never seen coming. And that really happened to me because I remember being in grad school and thinking I would never write a book. And I had no idea where these people come from who are able to put their lives aside to write a whole book. And just a year later, I found myself writing a book, which is based on India's caste system, which is very different from my work in fashion journalism. It, it's based on you know, how the reality of caste exists in India and within Indian societies in the United States as well, and how growing up as a lower caste person and the self-chosen identity for our community is called Dalit. So how growing up as Dalit affected my worldview and how I was able to create this argument for, um, you know, the, the reality and existence of caste, which could not be refuted because, you know, if there are any folks who you know, are from marginalized communities, they'll probably empathize listening to this that, you know, we have to constantly explain our oppression in order to make it alive and believable. So I wanted to write this book that would silence that erasure once for all. And I wrote Coming Out as Dalit. It is a bestseller in India. I'm very happy to say it won a major national award last year. I'm hoping to get it to the United States very soon. So I think writing this book would be the biggest unexpected turn that my career took because I really thought of myself as a journalist who was objective, who was not putting myself in the story, who was writing about stories that were anything else that were outside of my life. And suddenly, after graduating from grad school, I found myself at the center of my own story. So that was a really interesting learning experience. I had to learn how to write a book. I had no idea how to do that. But obviously, being a journalist and having written like a 15,000 word thesis back in school, I had some experience with long form copy. But writing a book is a whole another beast. Managing that while being an immigrant in the country, and, and I'm sure, Jonathan, you would understand where I'm coming from, especially when you're a new immigrant and you're trying to establish yourself in these worlds that you are completely unfamiliar with. We don't even know which doors to knock. We don't even know where the doors are, right? And that's why I want to bring in Colab and why spaces like these are so important because, you know, as I've told Christy, who's the founder, that this is a space where somebody who's an outsider can join and make these connections that were not afforded to us. People who don't work in these big fashion magazines or don't have proximity to the fashion spaces that can often also be elitist. How do we get an entry into these spaces? And the collab is a really good way to do that. I have had to learn and relearn so many things, especially the life of a new immigrant, where you constantly, there's a, this balance. That how do you navigate the next month, which has been challenging and also period of intense and immense growth. I think, you know, we have to remember that our brain is a muscle. It's constantly capable of growing. And I feel that it keeps me more connected to somebody who's much younger than me, you know, like youth culture. I hate to say it as an older millennial that we're not the youth culture anymore. I think this kind of constant evolution keeps you 
in a state of transformation and you're ready to take on whatever comes next. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I love everything you just said. I think that we are at a crossroads as an industry that is very much mirrored in, I think, the lives of us elder millennials, where it's this opportunity inflection point where we can say, do we carry over the things that are no longer serving us, but part of this comfortability matrix? Or do we shift it forward in the interest of equity and access and democratization and all the reasons we're here as the collab, all the reasons Little Red Fashion is here in terms of equity and education and enculturation as far as the relationship gets out to close. I think we are at that inflection point and it is only through spaces like this and conversations like this that an equitable path forward for everyone in everyone's career will move forward. At least I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've really touched on with the book something that I think about in fashion a lot that I think you and I may have a, an interesting thought on relative to careers especially, but this idea of space, the space to write a book. The West, a lot of people don't really think about how much space they have to cultivate comfort. Whereas if you are living in the global South or you're living in circumstances uh, you know, as the ones you came from, you just have to survive. You're surviving month to month, surviving and it's mimicked in the immigrant experience later in, in your own story something my father and I have talked about where he would lock himself in his research lab and he was like $10 short in his rent. He was eating a rotisserie chicken a week and it was like he had to make the chicken last. And it, it is something that when we talk about DEI, when we talk about CSR, it's so important that those of us who are coming into the industry or, or who have been there talk about these experiences and the way that you have, especially in your book and especially in fashion. Because the fact of the matter is so many people in your sphere of existence the garment workers who are getting underpaid are the people who are being marginalized within the margin. And fashion plays such a big part of that. And I feel like your career path in particular and mine through the collab collided in a way that is unique and impactful. And I just want to state for the record, I'm extremely appreciative of it. What a great coincidence. I'm really excited and happy. I think I've said that many times over. And I hope that doesn't become a gendered issue because excitement is not a gendered quality. Even the women tend to express ourselves much more than men do. But I am really excited to be here for this very reason that not just in terms of opening doors, but like building connections and learning how things are done. For those of us who are especially... We talk about margins and not to get too into the weeds, not to get too academic on this, but people who don't grow up with these opportunities, I found myself wondering, how does one do this? How does one even write, you know, like just simple tips like going on LinkedIn and finding people and sending a warm message to them. Now, this is thanks to the Internet, thanks to, you know, us being in the late stage of capitalism that where we are, where people are, do have access to these tools. But earlier on, there was just no way for us to know, unless you went to a fancy grad school, how do you navigate this very combative, conflicted and competitive world? I, we will talk about other things, but that's why I just want to talk about collaboration a little bit and collaboration, connections, building relationships, because, of course, there is an intense solidarity by you know people like sees like like we met and then we had this instant connection i'm sure there are so many other people in the group in the community who are listening who would find those connections as well and i think it's really important you know it's uh, the girl boss era is over it's 2022 but the one good thing that came out of that is that we need to really lift each other up and you know you spoke about dai a little bit 
why is diversity important? It's not just important because it makes you look good. It's important because it gets you the best talent. You are eliminating a whole pool of talent just because you wouldn't consider somebody who's from the quote-unquote wrong skin color or wrong background, doesn't have everything, every little qualification that you want them to have, but you're willing to make that exception from somebody from the right color or the right background. You know what I mean? So like lifting each other up is something, at least it has been true to my philosophy. I feel that it's very true with you as well. And it and it is the spirit of this conversation that we are having here today. So I think, you know, for those of us who are listening, maybe looking for tips, building relationships is really key when you are looking at a long-term career, especially in this gig economy where we don't know how long our jobs will last. There is no stability. There is no certainty, no longevity. So the only thing that will carry us through are the relationships that we have built. Absolutely. And I think, you know, just to piggyback off of that, what's also important is if you have a lot of relationships, if you find yourself as someone of privilege that can you know, this is the definition of equity here is, is can you broker relationships without expectation or reciprocity, surely for the sake of you have proximity and someone who may be marginalized does not find that most of us who are from marginalized communities in fashion and beauty and in business, none of us are looking for a handout, but a lot of us are looking for a hand up. And I think that building connection and what you just touched on is essential that I think it's something you've done through your work and through your book. Would you say that building connection is what you're most proud of in your career so far? Or if not, what are you the most proud of? Because you do it so well. No, thank you. I mean, I think connections are really important. But uh, also what is important is to be seen, is to feel that you're heard, is to feel that you're represented. And I know in the U.S., this issue of representation is very front and center. And where we exist in the United States, we have to go way beyond representation. We have to go beyond just seeing a black and brown face on TV. We have to, you know, make sure everybody has access to the opportunities that, you know, it's beyond lip lip service. But where I come from in India, we are at a different stage of representation. And in terms, especially in terms of the conversation around caste, it's, really starting from scratch because people had dismissed caste in such a way that they had written it off completely. They had shut it down. They had said it doesn't exist. For a lot of us who are Dalits, who are wanting to have a voice in this conversation, we are having to do the labor of reopening that whole conversation and saying that, listen, this still exists. We still face this discrimination. And also, to other people who have never seen themselves represented, here is a model of what representation looks like. You're not alone. There are people who are like you, who are from the same background as you. And here's how they've done things. And here's how you can do them. I think one of the things I'm most proud with my book is I wrote it as a manual for younger people in particular. You know, when I was intense standard and we have standards back in India when I was 15 years old and you know we had to choose whether I would want to study science in high school or or economics or liberal arts I was told that you know I could easily study science because you know I would get into a good university anyway because I would have affirmative action 
So the fact that I was from a marginalized community and there was this recourse of affirmative action given to me was used against me. And this is an experience that a lot of kids face back in India where they have to undergo discrimination and bullying because of their identity. I did not have anybody to tell me how to stand up to those kids, how to tell them what they're saying is wrong and it doesn't make any sense. The book that I've written is a manual for my own self. When we were talking earlier, Jonathan, you mentioned about healing your inner child. This book is also kind of an ode to my inner child and other children right now who just need somebody to come and tell them, here is how you can protect yourself. Here's what you can tell these people who want to attack you. And I think that's what I'm most proud of. Like on my Instagram and Twitter, I get a lot of DMs from young people who tell me that they didn't think anybody like them existed or understood what they were going through. And this book has really helped them do that. And that makes me feel seen and heard and validated in a way that nothing has ever done before. And I'm extremely proud of that. That's amazing and beautiful. And I think, I mean, I'm proud of you and I just met you. <laughs> and to tie things in a bow, I think you also summed up really what's next for you from some of your earlier responses in terms of getting ready to bring this book to the U.S. and really raise the profile of the conversation of caste and in uh, you know the United States and then outside of the um, Indian community. And I think that's really important too, to then using it as a bridge to larger conversations as we've discussed relative to fast fashion and, and some of the other larger macro issues we've talked about. It was so much fun having this conversation with you today. I've It's been a joy. I think we've both had an opportunity to share some really interesting roadmaps to where we are today. And I hope everyone learned something from the amazing Yashika Dutt and her story and book coming out Dalit. I think it's world-changing, personally. No, thank you. And I think I could say the same about you. I mean, for those of us who are listening this, to this episode, there is another episode where I interviewed Jonathan as well. And I really hope you go and check that and get to hear how wonderful and inspiring Jonathan's life story is. And it's not just in terms of everything that he had to overcome, but how to navigate this world that, as I've said before, and I'll say again, is built to keep us out. So Jonathan, there's so much to learn from your life. This admiration that I'm feeling right now is extremely genuine, both for the collab and for the time that we've been given to talk today, because my younger self would have appreciated listening to a conversation like this some years ago. So I'm really thankful for this. Me too. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Collab. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to us. If you want to keep in touch, look me up on LinkedIn or my Instagram, which is Yashika Dutt, and my Twitter, Yashika Dutt, as well. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm Jonathan Joseph, the real J Joseph on Instagram and dot com or littleredfashion.com. Bye, Collab. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for being here for the Collab Career Stories podcast. Please follow us on social media at Join the Collab and sign up to become a member and share your story at jointhecollab.com.